Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome to another edition of our Memory Lane podcast here on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. And something really cool will happen at Robert Morris on Saturday coming up today. They will honor the 10-year anniversary of the Colonials. Really just tremendous victory over Kentucky in the NIT back in 2013. We are pleased to be joined by a member of that Robert Morris team, Lucky Jones. Lucky, I really appreciate you taking some time to join me, man. Everything going well with you? Everything is going great. Thank you for having me. Will you be uh, back in Moon for the uh, the 10-year reunion? Is that something you uh, will be able to make? Yeah, definitely, man. I'm looking forward to it uh, with my wife and my four kids, uh, my uh, mother-in-law, father-in-law, and my mom and dad. You know, it's going to come up there and support that event. I can't wait. It's going to be a fabulous time out there, especially reuniting with some of my guys, you know, from that team. Lucky had a terrific career at Robert Morris. We'll get to all that. Then he's played professionally for a long time, too, and we'll talk about all those things. But from a from a, a Robert Morris perspective, Pittsburgh perspective, to beat Kentucky in the NIT, Kentucky had won the national championship the year before. When you look back on it 10 years later, how significant was that victory for you, for the Robert Morris program, and everyone there at the university? Man, I tell you, you don't even know the half of me just being one of those kids from the inner city, from North New Jersey. I used to dream about playing on the stage, playing the video game NCAA before they, you know, banned it, uh, sanctions and things like that. I used to put myself on mid-major teams, literally, like only mid-major teams. And I just try to take them to the, you know, to the glory land of trying to win a national championship. But to be able to beat Kentucky after playing for one of the most historic coaches in the world, and Bob Hurley at St. Anthony's, man, that, that day was that day was fabulous. That that event was probably the most historic thing Robert Morris probably has ever done. You know, especially when they went to the you know NCAA tournament a while back with Mike Rice and almost beat Villanova. You know, the atmosphere was amazing. You know, once we found out that we were playing them, man, literally my phone started buzzing. And I was sitting at home, and I was uh, watching the ESPN, and it was like, yeah, number one, uh, Kentucky will be playing at Robert Morris. I was like, no way. (laughs) (laughs) Calipari is not coming to Moon Township. And they was telling us that, you know, (laughs) 
from Moon. He went to Moon High School, and I was just like, wow. Like, for me to be able to be a part of something like that and to be able to have a chance to, you know, not not just beat Kentucky but play against one of the best coaches in NCAA history, man, you don't be able to dream nothing like that. And to be able to accomplish it and be able to beat them was probably the best you know, experience that I probably had thus far that is, at Robert Morris at the time. That is fantastic because, again, Ka- Coach Cal from Moon. And so wh- what was it like when you guys on the team, when you learned that not only you're going to play Kentucky, but they're going to come up and play you in Moon. What, what was what were the conversations like that you guys had uh, amongst the team and the, the players' coaches? Man, we was like, at that at that time, we was one of the best teams um, in the um, in Robert Morris for what we were doing, what we had going on. The the biggest thing that we even said to ourselves was, let's do it, you know? Let's do it. Let's get it done, um, you know, and let's see if we can be able to remake history. And that's all we was thinking about. And my phone was just, you know, going off and off. Like, man, I need tickets. I need tickets. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. We coming up for the game. <laughs> and it's like, man, is, is, is this really happening? And literally Coach 2 was like, man, let's let's make history. So you know, we didn't be able to go to the tournament that year. We almost had a chance, but you know, let's make history. You had an excellent team, uh, did very, very well in the NEC, lost in the NEC tournament. So did you guys feel like were you talking before the game and the days leading up to the game? We're gonna win this dang game. We're 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 not just gonna show up and play Kentucky just to say we played Kentucky. What was there a feeling among your group that you actually had a legitimate shot to win the game? Man, that year for us, we 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 had a chance to not only be in the NCAA tournament when we were supposed to be in it that year. They had us at like twelve, thirteen seed at the time, like, and that was really big for us because our year was just fantastic. We had one of the best home home stands um, in that in the NCAA that year, and just us and our chemistry and how hard we worked during that year, we just knew that we were supposed to do something special and to be able to have that experience of saying, Hey, we going and playing the NIT, you know, let's get it done, but let's get another opportunity. And, you know, for us, it was just like, we have one chance. What's the worst that can happen? And once our, our, our university heard what we was going through and what we was going to do, you know, what they, what we wanted to do during the, during that season, man, that gym, I never seen it packed like that at four o'clock, five o'clock. You know, I never seen it packed. People waking up in the morning, two o'clock in the morning, not going to sleep, trying to get tickets for that game. Because you know, Kentucky they had a whole blue side. <laughs> yep. You know, so they took they took a, quite a few seats, and you know, for Robert Moore to be able to have that type of you know gymnasium and that arena at the time. They started moving chairs back. They started making more room. And it was actually hot in that gym. Not going to lie, it was hot. And one of my, my, my good friends, you know, my brothers, who uh, who really showed, you know, dedication and hard work, Ant Myers Pate, you know, me and him walked out in that in that arena, and we were the first two. We had our headphones on, and, you know, the Beats headphones, you blasting that music, you can't hear nothing. Man, we heard them through the headphones. I'm like, yo, this this is about to it's about to get real in here. So you knew, okay? So, so and so it, it approaches tip off. 
uh, to set the stage here a little bit, Kentucky was 21-11. Nerlens Noel was on that team. He had gotten hurt, knee injury, but they still had good players. Willie Cauley-Stein, Archie Goodwin, uh, Alex Porthris was was on that team. When, when When you take the court, you're warming up, they're warming up. What did you see? What did you notice? Did did you feel like Kentucky was one? Did, did oh, you? I, did, did, I, I'm a person of you know that loves to play for the crowd. Like I love my heart. My heart goes out for them because those are people that come out and watch us perform. And literally, we in the locker room. We come back out. We like yo. We can win this game. They nervous. They scared. We can win this game. We can win this game. And just to see how we started off, I think it was like seven zero, seven two, and. Kyler Perry called that timeout, and you just hear the, the the arena just roar like, yeah, they in our house. And we ain't going to stop. We had guys literally coming out of their comfort zone, like, you know, certain people, even such as myself, Russ Johnson, you know, Karan Williams, like, coming up, pulling up for three. Like, we didn't normally really play like that unless, you know, we were up. But to be able to come out with that kind of confidence and that kind of, you know, mentality like, yo, we got to put the pedal to the metal. You had that, you had that sense of urgency in it. And for them, you know, they didn't, they didn't expect that. I think they expected this to just roll over and, you know, come in here and do exactly what they wanted to do. And, you know, it wasn't like that. Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Ryan Morris wins the game 59-57. Lucky, you led the Colonials with 15 points in the game. Kind of looking back over the way things played out, uh, you're up 28-27 to at half. So you go out, you're playing well, you're up a point at the half. As as the second half is going on, what are you sensing? What are you seeing from from your teammates, from the crowd? Did you just get this the feeling as the game kept going on? We are going to win this. What I what I wanted to do for myself and for the team is don't stop. You know, always be that engine plug that you know I was for St. Anthony for for Robert Morris, and you know 
my my mentality was just keep playing hard. You know, just keep playing hard. Shots is falling. You know, and even for me, like I look back, I remember catching the ball on the on the left wing, and just staring staring uh uh Kyle Kyle Woodruff down and just nailing the three, and I'm saying to myself like, and one foul, oh yeah, we got him. We just gonna keep we just gonna keep playing. We just gonna keep playing, and you know, unfortunately, I got I got ejected from that game. So you know, it kind of it kind of hurt me a little bit because I wasn't able to to fight with my guys more, but I still wasn't worried. Not one bit. I wasn't worried. Even when they went on that run, I was like, man, I know we're going to make adjustments. And at the right time, you know, Belton Jones, who, you know, led the way for our, for our, you know, for our team, he made a big play, you know, made a couple big plays and, you know, was able to execute down the stretch. And Mike McFadden, for, for Coach Tool to draw up and, ex- and for us to execute, you know, I know we didn't get the, the layup and one. It would have been sweet, but for us to execute that play in that critical moment, you know, that was the def- that was the definition of our season. Like we we wanted it too bad. Mike McFadden you know? hits a couple free throws with eight point seven seconds to go. So the play, what what did Coach Tool call up there? What what was the play for Mike? Well, I wasn't I wasn't in I wasn't in the huddle. That's right. Because, yeah. Got, so yeah, I, Lucky I was Lucky but was ejected play, with about four minutes play. to go for a foul. Go ahead. The the objective of the play and we ran this during during practice, you know, so I know, you know, he, he went to something that, you know, we, we had to be able to adjust and see if we have this much time. Coach Tool, man, he drew up a lot of great calls, man, a lot of great calls. And he had this one action where you come around and you spin and set the ball a back screen for the big, and then he loop around and get the back layup. And Russ, you know, he put that thing on the tee. He was a good passer. You know, he was able to see over people and – to be able to execute, like I said, execute that can't can't you know can't draw it up even better. And then Mike hits the free throws. What what, what kind of ice in his veins does that did that dude have? What can you tell us about Mike McFadden who ends up hitting the game winning free throws? Well, I'm sitting in the locker room and and at the moment I'm like, yo, you know what? Like this is this is a pivotal moment. And Mike, to be honest, he's a good you know mid range shooter. He didn't really shoot a lot, you know, offense. But he was a really, really good mid-range shooter. And for me, it's like, yo, you hit the first one, you good. You hit the second one, you straight. And for him to be able to knock them free throws down, you can't ask for more. You know, you can't ask for more. You win the game, crowd goes wild, everybody rushing the court. What do you remember from after the game, Lucky? What do you, what do you recall just what you guys were talking about and experiencing after the win? Man, I went out. I, so you know the TV is actually slower than the uh, than the action time. So I hear the crowd go crazy, and it's like three seconds left. But I'm like, what? No, what happened? And I see he missed the shot. So I run out to the locker room, and I just, you know, I know I didn't experience the rush on the court, but to be able to get on the court and get out and get into that atmosphere, it was it was crazy, man. It was crazy. And for us, I actually ate dinner with my family and stuff like that. And we got back to chill with each other, and we're just like, yo, what an experience. Like, what is it to do something like that on our floor? Yeah, we didn't go to the NCAA tournament, but for that year, that felt like the NCAA tournament for us. That was that was something that we would never be able to, you know, they nobody, nobody ever be able to take that away from us. And, you know, to be able to keep the program going in such a way, that it was over the next couple of years, you know, those are marquee, you know, 
stages right there that we performed on. Now, again, as Lucky mentioned, this was an outstanding Robert Morris team. Might have been a 12 or 13 seed. Maybe, who knows? Maybe in, in a 5-4 uh, first-round matchup, maybe you ended up winning a game in the NCAA tournament anyway. And you did go to the NCAA tournament a couple years later in your career. So I want to ask you this. You won this NIT game over Kentucky. Does it mean more to you having the way, the way things played out than if you would have even gone to the NCAA tournament and lost in the first round? Do you see what I'm saying? How, how do you how do you view it ten years later? Well, I'll say this for for us. You know, we wanted it so bad. You know, we wanted that for our seniors. We wanted that for our juniors. You know, we wanted to be able to set us set the tone and say, yo, for the next couple of years, this is this is our league, you know, and in order for us to do that, we have to win the championship. My freshman year, you know, I went to the tournament championship and even on that stage, like, that was a big moment for me. Them bright lights in LIU, Brooklyn, I'm sitting here telling myself, like, damn, you got Spike Lee at the game. <laughs> you got Spike Lee sitting right there front, front row. When does <laughs> Spike Lee come to a game and in college, especially in the NEC, like, you don't really get that. So, my four years, I can say, you know, was a, was, a, was a good one when it comes down to who we played, you know, the caliber of kids we played against, the teams and the coaches. You know, I couldn't ask for, you know, a much better, you know, situation at the time. This but I would say that us going to the NCAA tournament and us playing in NIT, it's kind of the same because you, you, never, you never know. What, what number you be able to get to, but I'll take that. I'll take me personally. I'll take that. You know that Kentucky went over going to the tournament that year because just because you never know how it'll play out. When we get to the tournament, but you want them rings, man. <laughs> you want the rings and you want them banners. Oh, the next year you end up beating St. John's in the NIT. Uh, that was a terrific yeah. win, and then you end up going to the NCAA tournament your final year. So when you look back on your career. Uh, these eight, eight to ten years later, man, how 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 good do you feel about where that program was at that point? And how good how good those teams were? Can you say that one more? Can you say that one more? How good how good do you look back uh, over this time? Getting to a couple of NITs, winning some NIT games, going to a tournament yourself. How good were those teams? How good was the program at that point? Well, the program was was shoot and and still great condition. I mean, my 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 junior year. You know, I think we had arguably the best year, you know, in dealing with circumstances like in Robert Morris history, in my in my opinion. For us to be having eight players and, and go fourteen and two, you can't you can't ask for a, a better season than that. Um, you know, and and then to go play St. John's in the tournament. Now I was able to play overseas with one of the guys, Harrison, who was their point guard, and I met up with him. And we were going. He was going through Russia, and I said, "Yo, um, how did you think about that game?" And he was like, "Man, my guys were in there eating ice cream before the game." I was like, "Damn!" He was like, "Yeah, we just thought we was going to just beat y'all." And this is the St. John. This is the St. John games the next year. This is the St. John game the next year, and I'm saying to myself, saying, "What? That's how y'all felt?" He was like, "Where?" He was like, "Man." Y'all only had two like two scorers. Like we get y'all out the game, it's nothing. But I was like, bro, you must don't know that that year for us, we was really supposed to go to the tournament. And Carvel, he he to me, 
probably by far one of the best, if not the best scorers in RMU history from my eyes. You know, I don't know who was scoring before them, but the way that he was able to score to score the ball, he can win the game by himself. I think and, Carvel had 39. Did he have 39 against St. John's? Yeah, he had 39. Yeah. At one point, me and him was beating them by ourselves. So for him to say, for him to say what he said, you know, really is kind of like a shock. It's really kind of a shocker because I'm saying myself like, dang, man, well, we took it so personal that we didn't go to the tournament. <laughs> like, we like, man, we're going to get these guys our best shot. And to be honest, some of those guys that was in that Kentucky game was in the St. John's game. You know, Ant Myers, you know, um, Dave Apollon, you know, they were in the uh, – Steve Hawkins, like, they were in that game. So, it we didn't experience, you know, playing in the NIT as such a bad thing. Now, yeah, we were on the road. So, you know, you never know how, you know, us not being comfortable with the rims and, you know, just traveling purposes and, you know, all the other extra stuff. But once we got up, we tra- we treated that game just like Kentucky. Like, man, let's just get them up out of here. I want to ask let's you a, a college basketball question in general for somebody that played at a mid-major and you get Kentucky to the Sewell Center and you beat them. Kentucky's never coming Kentucky's not going to go on the road to play mid-majors and small teams. Major programs don't do that. So what happens is we get to the NCAA tournament, Lucky, and then people are like, oh, this smaller team beat this big team. This is such an unbelievable upset. But at the same time, if those big teams would travel to smaller teams throughout the course of the season, I absolutely think you would have a lot of of upsets throughout the course of a season because the big teams have every advantage – when they have everybody come to their court, okay? So you you were able to get Kentucky coming to your court, and I know it was at the end of the season and some different circumstances, but do you feel if if more major programs, top 20, top 25 programs, had to play at a lot of other mid-majors that we would see a lot more upsets throughout the course of a regular season? I, I feel so 100% because you have a lot of competitive mid-major programs who want all types of of time to be able to play against those high level players and them high level teams. Like if you if you can get, you know, UNC or Duke or Wake Forest or Clemson, one of those teams, or even Baylor to come to your team, to your gym, you never know how it could be. You never know how their travel situation was. You never know if they're comfortable with playing in a hostile, small environment. Like mid major programs, you probably have six, seven thousand like Six, seven thousand people on top of you, that's not a real comfortable situation. You know? I remember us playing against Bryant. They have a small gym, you know, and everybody in the gym was wearing all black shirts. Like and the gym in, in itself was very dim and you know, you never know how just you gotta be able to bear through this the circumstances and be able to, you know, deal with it. But those those opportunities will never happen. We all know because they don't want to experience such a situation such as Kentucky losing to Robert Morris at Robert Morris. That's right. You know, they don't want to be able to have those moments. Doesn't yep. look good. That's exactly right. Hey, one last thing I wanted to talk to you about. This is this is every bit as important as, as everything we've talked about so far. You end up playing professionally overseas for a number of years. A year ago, 
Where where were you one year ago, Lucky? <laughs> I was in a I was in a uh, a minivan with six other foreigners, five other foreigners, excuse me, with approximately about eight bags and one driver, you know, with about a million cars in front of us not knowing if we're going to get back to America. And what country or, what, co- what country were you in? But then Ukraine. I was in Ukraine. And even, even to, like, think about this and talk about this, like, it hurts because we asked to, we asked to go. You understand? We asked to go before it even got to that point where our families wouldn't even have to worry if we were going to be home. Now, I understand there are other people over there that's dying and losing their lives and they're fighting for their country hard. And some of my teammates know friends and family who's passed away through, you know, bombs and, you know, uh, explosives and, and all types of gunfire. Like, you don't really want nobody to experience that. But for me and my family to know that we didn't know what was going to go down and what was going to happen, being outside for for what, 10, 11, 12 hours in the freezing cold below five? <laughs> you you don't even want your worst enemy to experience that. It's freezing out there, freezing cold. Luckily, iPhones and, you know, these new networks and stuff like that, you can be able to be able to have some service. But imagine if this was 20 years ago, 25 years ago, where some of my friends who were older was telling me like, man, we didn't have no internet. We didn't have no uh, way to be able to connect with our family and friends. So you get those experiences and you just sit to yourself and say, thank you, God, we were able to, you know, bypass this storm. And luckily, you know, they, they allowed us to do certain things to be able to get home. But at that moment, I didn't even care. They could take all the money that we had. I didn't care. I just wanted to get back to America. <laughs> I want to we read. I want to read a comment that your wife mentioned in a story CNN did on you last March. This is what Marissa said. She said, "Quote: He was definitely panicked and scared. He said things like, "Tell my kids I love them. Send me pictures of my kids. I want to see my kids and make sure they know I love them." Did you think that w- was there a chance that you? might not have made it out of Ukraine? Were you scared for your life? I mean, even right now, like, I'm tearing up because, like, yeah, I was crying in the car. Cause I'm like, bro, why I got to – I spent all my life playing basketball to work so hard to just be like, dang, like, basketball really put me in this type of situation. Because my, my thinking was if I would have just left – like, they were talking about finding us, like, 50,000, 100,000 if we leave. Like, what? Man, you gonna find you gonna find me because I'm breaking the contract about a bomb. Hey, man, you know what? Uh, so I asked him. I said, "Listen, can y'all just fly me to Italy?" You know. And the strangest thing happened the day that I was flying back. I ended up going to the wrong airport because in Italy they have two different airports. But the fir- the the first side of the airport you could be able to see the same name. So it was early in the morning, about like three four o'clock, and I was trying to catch the train. And I ended up taking the train to the wrong airport. They said, man, it's going to take you 10 hours or you're not going to be able to travel maybe until 
the next day. I said, I can't stay in the airport the whole day. I said, can you at least fly me in the air so I can at least take my time? You know, because I'm not trying to sit in the airport. Fly me to the closest city. So he flew me to the closest city. That plane was like, yo, it's delayed. I'm like, it's delayed? They're like, yeah, it's delayed. So I end up, you know, not not getting there, call the GM. You know, they all upset. they like, man, you know, what's going on? I'm like, yo, the flight delayed. Because it takes two hours to get somebody to go from where we at, where we stay at in Ukraine, to Noble, to the airport. So the driver ended up sitting there for an extra two hours. And, you know, he's uncomfortable. But getting back to the story, like, for me, I should have just stayed in Italy one extra day. Because if I would have stayed in Italy one extra day, yes, I would have lost all my belongings, everything. But at least I and my, my family would have known that I was safe because I would have never traveled back to, to, to Nova. You know, so those were signs. But I was just rushing to get back home because I didn't want to get in trouble. <laughs> I, I didn't want I'm like, man, listen, this, this is one of my last hoorahs. I'm really just trying to stay, you know, on a consistent team, you know, and not have to go to another team. I'm doing really well here. Let me just abide by, you know, what they're saying and let not, you know, touch the needle or whatever. So if I if I would have pushed it and would have stayed, maybe or maybe not, they would have got angry. But who knows? At that time, when I got back, I got back at probably like 11 o'clock into Noble at night. My buddy told me, he said, yo, listen, I'm leaving. I'm about to pack all my stuff. I'm leaving tonight. I'm like, yo, if you leave tonight, I said, I'm going with you. I said, because I ain't going to have you travel by yourself. Like, you're an American, bro. Like, I wouldn't want nobody to let me travel by myself. So I end up going to sleep. And, and my charger is right next to my bed. Do you know my phone ended up dying? I woke up maybe 9.30. I wake up, I look outside, and I see people running with bottles of water, like big jugs of water. Outside in Ternopil, you can be able to go out, and they have like a, you know, like a good water fountain, and it's purified and everything, and it only costs one penny. You fill a jug up, you get good water. Man, I'm seeing people with jugs running, people at the medicine stations, going inside the medicine stations, taking the medicine and, and running out. I'm like, yo, what's going on? I turn my phone on. I get 50 missed calls. I'm like, yo, this is crazy. Luckily, nothing happened at that moment where we were at, but stuff was happening. It was going off. They sound the alarm. So we say to ourselves, like, man, I got to pack all my stuff. I call my wife. I call my mother. I call, you know, all the people that I know who I'm close with. And I'm like, yo, listen, like, I don't know what's about to happen, but just know something happening right now. So I'm going to need y'all, everybody to wake up and, and turn y'all phones on right now. And then, of course, my mom started crying and was like, yo, just call me, just call me. But I couldn't call her because once I left, you know, we don't have no charger. You know, so I had to save my, my battery. So I'm getting calls and text messages I can't answer until we finally get to this one spot. Then we're able to get a little bit of Wi-Fi. And then, you know, my family's like, all right, okay. You know, but they're still nervous because we ain't crossed the border yet. And, you know, so be it. We have, I said, listen, we all have $1,000. We'll give you guys $1,000 to let us cross this border. I got a plane ticket right now. I will show you it, you know. And I was speaking real slow because they really didn't understand. And I showed them the ticket. I said, listen, my ticket is to Romania. Romania border is right here. Like, 
All I got to do is just get home. Like, I'm an American citizen. I got four other Americans with me. Like, let us get home. They whispering each other in the group. And I'm looking at people, parents, getting dislodged from their kids. Kids saying, I don't want to go. I don't want to go. Like, they're forcing kids to leave and stay back while they grab their fathers to go to war. So I'm sitting here saying to myself, like, I'm glad my kids didn't travel with me. I don't know what would have happened. They ended up letting us cross the border. That was the happiest moment of my life, but I still didn't feel safe. How for- I still didn't know exactly where we were at. How fortunate do you feel now, a year later, that you were able to get out of everything? Man, I'm fortunate. I mean, I guess that's why they call me lucky, huh? <laughs> do you have some friends? But, uh, do you have some friends that uh, on that Ukrainian team? Do, do you know what happened to any of those any of those Ukrainian citizens that that you'd play yeah, basketball? A lot, them, a lot of them, a lot of them got out. A lot of them was able to go to different places as well, sneak out and and do you know what they needed to do for their fam- for their family and their health. So you know they safe, but. A lot of their family or not. Man, I really appreciate you sharing that story. I know that's a, that's that's tough to look back on it, but uh, glad you made it out. Real quick, if you can, tell the folks what you're up to now. What do you, what are you doing these days? I'm training. I have a facility out in Virginia and West Springfield. Um, you know, I'm just trying to get back my knowledge and my tools to all these young kids out here. The game is changing. The people are are weird, I will say, <laughs> when it comes down to this coaching and the, the whole ranking system and what kids need and not to do. Like, And in reality, everybody just needs to stick in the gym and just keep working and keep learning different moves and different pace and different objectives, objectives, objectives from the game. Because if not, you know, at the end of the day, for me to be able to play against some highly talented players, I'm talking about super talented. You don't really think there's a lot of talent overseas, but the higher you go, you experience that. You know, if you're not really in that that higher league, you would never know. You know, some of the great passers, some of the great scorers, some of the like. For me, learning how to slow it down just a little bit and learning ways for me to be able to execute and score. A lot of people are not teaching that out here, so I have a little bit of an advantage for right now, and I want to be able to give that back to the kids that I'm training and coaching. That's fantastic, man. I really appreciate you sharing your story. Hopefully you enjoy coming back up to Moon and uh, enjoying the 10-year anniversary uh, of beating Kentucky. It was a tremendous, tremendous win, probably the best win in Robert Moore's history. Uh, I, I can't thank you enough for taking the time to share the stories, pal. I will say this with the, I will say this with all the love of my heart. I was just telling one of my guys at um, um, this weekend, and I said, listen, I don't know, I don't know which game – I'd rather have beating Kentucky or beating St. John's with only eight players. Like those two stories, you they can go they can go hand for hand. You know they can go hand for hand. But the historic place that you know we we help build and for Calipari to come back home, you know that says a lot. And you know we got a lot of we got a lot of great we have a lot, had a lot of great players on our team, and you know it was just a fantastic year. Like I said, we we didn't make it to the tournament but we'll take that we'll take that for, for what it's worth look what's happening 10 years later that's awesome dude thank you so much Lucky really appreciate you taking a few minutes to join us pal yeah I appreciate you guys for having me you guys have a wonderful day alright good stuff man